talk now? Hello. Oh, yeah. See, I can't. I can't hear you, but wait. If I do that. If I go Hello. Like that. Talk now? Hello. No. <laughs> but you can hear me, right? I can hear you. Boom. Okay, we're back to normal. That was that was a bit scary. Was it getting weird? Uh it was like a there was a little feedback at first and then it started getting out of control. Like <laughs> you're rapey. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. Um, dude, well, it's good to have you on the show. I feel like it's been a second, you know, like we've been talking. Yeah, man, like, I, I I've been a long time listener, man. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you, man. You're like my, you're honestly like one of my biggest fans, and I really appreciate it. Of course, man. I used to, I used to walk dogs when uh, COVID wasn't a thing. During that, I would just listen to podcasts, and uh, a lot of the producer ones were really, really fun, and it's just fun as hell to just listen to that while you're doing your thing and walking. Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah, that could not relate to me more. Did you know that I have a dog walking business? I did not know that you had a dog walking business. Dude, yeah, that that's like how I got into uh, podcasting was, yeah, you know, you'd be walking around. <laughs> this, just is, like, this is already already crazy. You're in the city, so I bet it's more intense than out here in the burbs. But dog yeah. walking is, you know, for... It was it was really really good for um, the while I did it. I had a good time, but uh, shout out all the dog walkers. <laughs> shout and, out uh, dog walkers. dog walking businesses and yeah, it's rough out here for a dog walker. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I've been listening to your music for a bit, and I feel like there's a lot of like Carmack influence, and we can get into. Oh that. yes. Of but, course, of course, of course. I think it'd be if if someone like it's like nah, like definitely wasn't like I just feel like he's influenced a whole wave of producers. Oh yeah, and he's like he's he's done everything like all these different types of music, and um, he was one of the first that got back into back in like late 2013, 2014, and I was like 15 years old. I'm I'm only 21. Um, baby <laughs> no that's perfect so, dude that's yeah. it's good to be a young producer and like to be where you're at it's a good position thank you it's crazy because like there's people that are like so much younger than me now and like uh I think i'm 25 <laughs> dude i'm a dinosaur i can't even figure out how dude, to use zoom dinosaur <laughs> zoom is zoom is everyone had to figure out how to use it at one point it's like I don't even know. It's just like a standard at this point. We're all we all have our boomer in us, our inner boomer <laughs> in some things. Uh huh. That's true. I like that's to true. say. Yeah. So, going back to like your early influences, was it was it Carmack first, or like where did it start? So, like- um, I grew up like I was always really interested in music. Like I grew up on like classic rock. Uh, Pink Floyd, sick. Okay. The Beatles, all your all your classic stuff, and that's like um, that influenced me to play guitar, which I I picked up when I was like eight or nine. And uh, here in Arlington Heights, we have a 
a music school or it's like a music lessons place. And they also do like these uh, seasonal like shows that would feature all the students. That's how I got dabbled in like uh, live music and just like seeing how, how that was all like at a young age. I was really into like alternative music, like Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Still Am, Sonic Youth, Radiohead, all that shit. That was like my early influences. And uh, slowly that just led to uh, me discovering some goofy dubstep remix on YouTube. <laughs> yes. One summer afternoon when I was very, very young and I just remember, like, I remember it was a Please Mr. Postman remix. The Kragum remix? The Kraga remix. The <laughs> Kraga. Shout out Kraga. Where are you at? Where you. is Kraga? <laughs> That's so I was so sitting funny. in my room. It was like a oh, summer. It was so, I'm, I'm making it so nostalgic. I was probably yeah, playing yeah. Minecraft or mm. something, eating Doritos, like a little, little MLG gamer. But, um, yeah, I heard that. Just was in my recommended, and I'm like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> I kept on running it back, and I didn't even know where to start. Um, and that was this was like 2010, 2010. Um, that seems about right. And uh, yeah. yeah, ever since then, I just the kind of person I am. I just like to dig in something like. I'm interested in something I'm gonna go really really into it and just fi figure out everything so ever since uh I stumbled upon that I just got in this whole different world um and yeah that was like my introduction of electronic computer music <laughs> for sure that's like the same intro kind of as me I mean I would say that like my start was like ddr or some shit but yeah those early like ukf dubstep songs yes. and just youtube random dubstep it was songs. it was so good and uh <laughs> it was i wish i was a bit older at the time because at the time i was so into it and i really wanted to go to all these shows mm -hmm. but i was so young that i couldn't and i was like fuck like fuck age limits i want to go to shows yeah so when did you start going to shows like i saw on your instagram you got a picture with like skrillex i'm like yo you guys kind of look was, alike yeah <laughs> that's i think he's my long lost brother or something we've been Dude. told that we look alike did he say that he was like yo you no, look like a mini no, version of me say that he didn't say that but um yeah we can get to that that was a that was a big moment but Wait, what were we talking about? I was just saying, like, because you were saying how you wanted to go to oh, shows, shows, but you couldn't. Yeah. Okay, so my first show, shout out to my mom. She's a great person. She's uh, always supported my music shit and Hell yeah. my passion for it. And uh, it was 2011, and I was 11 years old. Dead Mouse was playing Lollapalooza. And oh, I wanted to go. Bro. And I saved up my money, and I got tickets. And the only way she would let me go is if she came with me. And I'm like, if you come with, I mean, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. And she took me and it was, it was really overwhelming for an 11 year old, but it really opened my eyes to what like proper live music culture in America at the time was like. And 
dude it was, was like crazy was that the one where he like opened with some chords and it was just yes it was raining, raining. it dude. was raining oh were you there God. yeah dude i was on the right side like front at the bud right light, at the bud light yeah. stage dude. yeah this, yeah 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 yes uh, I think that, the Foo Fighters were playing at the same time on the completely opposite uh-huh. uh, on the Grant Park stage. No, dude, that Dead Mouse show, me and my friends, because that was pivotal for me. Like, because that was me in high school. Like, I think I was a junior or something. Dude, that's, I wish I was a fucking junior at that time. If I was, I was like, damn, this is because I no one. I had no one to re- like that could relate to like. Be like, oh my god! Like this shit is like, I just, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. No one was interested. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like a lot of my friends weren't super into it, but like super into electronic music, like I was. But something about that show was just so legendary, man. Oh man, the yeah. rain, the rain. The rain. If when you start a set in the rain, it's just it's a different, different type of. Those atmosphere. huge dead mouse chords are just like, oh shit! The cube what? is so, like, he's still doing the cube, or was mm-hmm. like, you know, due to COVID. But like, that that uh, stage design is like so crazy to me. And he just keeps on like making it crazier. It's yeah. like, dude, how much crazier can this shit get? <laughs> I don't know. Did you see that he's gonna have a uh, a drive-in show out in the suburbs of Chicago? I think I did. It's in like Bridgeview or something. Yeah, but it's like a hundred and twenty bucks, and I'm just yeah. Like, these drive-in shows are pricey, man. It's yeah. like a hundred twenty bucks plus whatever per person in the mm-hmm. vehicle or whatever. And it's like, like I don't know. And you're I don't not know how I feel about it. Yeah, it's like for people who are really deprived of shows and they're like, fuck it, I'll go. I'm really deprived of shows. Me too. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'm down to go to a drive-in. It's not the same. I don't think it's going to be the same. Like the, if we're going to compare it to the show that we were just talking about, like that was like, I was in the crowd deep. It was like shoulder to shoulder. We Muddy, were just, grimy. yeah. Like it was that, that day was so hot. It was such a weird day. I remember it stormed. I saw a cage the elephant. They it stormed during their set. I think that was the twentieth anniversary of Lala. I remember. Wasn't Flostradamus playing at the same time as Cage or something? Or I don't know. I don't think I knew who Floss was at the time. But they're Chicago legends, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, they are sick. That actually. I'll just like segue quickly to this question. Well, fuck it. No, I'll do it later. Actually, all right. Um, we'll continue <laughs> with this whole like the origin story here. The origin, story. yeah. Of Vince, it's, it's like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're on the climb. You know, you gotta. I appreciate that. Um, like I think it's been, I've been producing on and off for like five years. And I think it's been like two and a half years now where I've just really been going at it every day and just seeing the progress is just like really cool. Um, it, it's like, it's really crazy to me just like looking at some of my older tracks from not even that long ago. Dude, it's fucking, people. you've been producing like hard for like two years, growing your skill, 
what's the next step just more releases like live shows um i really i've never played a live show as uh vince by vince in high school i uh i used to dj i dj before i produced mm-hmm. so um like a few months after that Lollapalooza dead mouth shit i got a a new mark mix track pro it's like the cheapest one they had and uh i just taught myself how to how to mix just by messing around in virtual dj and um i, I dj'd a few parties in high school um, under the name psychedize it was really lame psychedize yeah i was like trying to be edgy and psychedelic and cool and uh it made that word up one day and uh I was also trying to produce at the time, but I just got frustrated with it. Like I had Ableton, but every time I would go into it, I would just get so overwhelmed by the blank canvas and I would screw around. Um, I think in 2015, I had, I have a track out as psychedized with another producer um, that I used to be good homies with here and kind of just went different ways. That's the only psychedized track ever. So why Vince by Vince? Is there any crazy idea behind that? Um, Vince by Vince is just a, a name that I made after getting really fed up of trying to think of names. Yeah. Uh, after psychedized and like, all right, I kind of give up trying to make like some cool, unique name. Cause like just, they just didn't sound good. And, uh, I just did Vince by Vince because it's music. It's Vince, Vince's music by Vince. I don't know. It's just a stupid little, little thing. I think I saw a designer on, um, on Instagram that had their name, like it was their name by their name. Uh-huh. And I really liked it. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of snagged it. <laughs> Dude, no, that's, I, I yeah. like it. I'm into it. I mean, I feel I feel a similar way. I like had all these aliases, and then yeah, yours is just Jerry. Like it's yeah, it's straight to the point. Like yeah, I, I like that. I don't I don't like having to be like explain my name. Like oh, who, well, who is this? Like uh-huh. I'm Vince. I think we're actually like getting out of an era of these aliases. There's so many people that are just using their name which yeah it's it's really cool yeah and i love aliases but like for me just like thinking of one was just like so rough at one point i'm just like i'm just gonna spend more time grinding on the music than thinking about a freaking name (laughs) yeah maybe if you like make this really cohesive piece of work that's like a totally different genre you could create an alias for that yes and i'm sure you feel similarly because like I just heard your latest release and that shit was like practically dubstep. Yeah. Which <laughs> I know. was really skeptical about that release because it's through Icon. There was a remix opportunity for Play Me Records and me and another student. Um, their name is their name is Ivy. Uh, they produce under Sierra Mora and they're a really insane producer from uh, Oregon. And we we just fucked this track up and I'm like, I'm just going to go against everything I've ever done. Like music wise, like I have a lot of chill shit and vibey kind of, 
bouncy shit and them just went insane with it and they liked it which i was surprised because it's like really it's just really intense of a mm. track it's like the most sound design i've ever done mm. i think it's the mo- most tracks on a track i think there's like 150 in there which Holy is like shit that's all for that's me i I'm, I'm like a minimal guy on the mm. tracks like i usually like to have under 20 i was just 20 max. Say, yeah, under 20 yeah yeah, because then it just gets. I I see some of these people out here, just getting crazy with it, and hey, I babe. respect it. My girlfriend but. just walked in. I was just saying hi. Hello. Hi. hi. Finn says hi. She says hi. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, but I feel like that kind of talks to the point where it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's just your music. It doesn't matter. What yeah, I don't care. Is. I I like the track and. It came about in a cool way and it just it got released recently and we made it at the beginning of the year so it's it's like old to me but new to everyone else which is cool and uh mm-hmm. you know i never thought i'd be putting out a dubstep track but uh here i am with the wild it's like with the dubstep. i don't even know what to call it. it's just like yeah i have a lot of i work on a lot of different kinds of music that i don't have out like i have a I have a lot of house music that I have. I have a lot of footwork cool. stuff, drum and bass. I'm cool, just all over cool. the place. I'm I'm, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm See, just, that's the thing. I'm the same way. I have a lot of house music. I love I'm drum impulsive and bass. with my, yeah. my decisions. So it's just like you wake up one day wanting to make this thing. You wake up the next day wanting to make the complete opposite. And it's and you can do it. And it's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I, I also feel like people that listen to electronic music they get exposed to like tons of different styles of dance music like oh or, yeah or it's like, uh, a, it's like a gateway to just everything. so much yeah there's and, like yeah i, I kind of went back um a few years ago and like i'd been listening to electronic music for a while but i wanted to go back and like get real into the history so i did that mm-hmm. and that was that was a lot. Where did you Started, start? Like the Chicago house stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. To the New York house stuff and mm-hmm. the 90s garage stuff in the UK. Basically, the 90s was like the craziest time for electronic music. I know. So much heat. Dude. I love garage and like uh, house and all that stuff in the 90s, especially. Um, I was just going to say, let's go to a song because I got some questions. Okay. Um, Is there anyone you wanted to play first? You could play Deep Dive first. I feel like I can go off with that one. I got you. Thank you. 
it's honestly one of my one of my favorite mixes and i i did a lot of back and forth on it this track is from um the spring of this year i started the idea and i finished it and uh i think it was june and i released it on my birthday um and yeah it's just this track is something that i wanted to put the listener in a, in a different space uh, the instruments are, are just really plucky and, mm. and nice sounding to the ear. And I just wanted something that was catchy. Uh, I stuck to something kind of simple with the melody, with the plucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're really catchy. And uh, I always like to print things out to audio, especially when I'm doing uh, rolls or stutters like that. Do you stretch? Do you do like that kind of stuff? Or is it just you Yeah, like I really like to... I like to to get weird with the uh, the audio um, warping. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do, but I uh, in this one I didn't really get too weird on those. I just kind of bounced the um, the plucks out. I think mm-hmm. I I used the FM8 for one of the plucks, and I've never used FM8 in my life. That's yeah, an OG right there. I FM8. was trying to get into it, like because a lot of people I listen to. They're like talking about it. It's like a lot of OG, like Cohen sound and uh, Noisia, mm-hmm. like these FM basses and Skrillex, of course. Skrill. Dude, I remember yeah. hearing Skrillex talk about FM8 and I was like, yo, I got to get on that. That's like the It is secret. the most, it, it is, it's a cool, you can get some really cool sounds out of there, but it's really confusing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, um fm synthesis is is complex as is and this just makes it look yeah step ahead of that like operator is is good enough for me that's exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna say (laughs) operator operator. is the shit and it's like this i mean because you can only have four operators which is like plenty but dude it's so good like i think as i over the years as i've been progressing in my productions the more i realized is that how good the stock shit is and you don't need all this this other stuff like literally everything you have is is there once you could learn one synth like in and out and like you could just do anything with it like fast it doesn't even matter anymore like you can just yeah and for me it's like serum and operator that i feel that way with because like serum is I learned synthesis and serum massive. I had back in the day. Yeah. Um, Cause everyone was, everyone had everyone that. Had massive. Like, I, I love it. Um, but like, it was hard for me to learn synthesis because it's not visual like serum. It's a great way to learn. And uh wavetable too in Ableton is also uh, kind of similar to serum in some ways. Like it's kind of, it's visual as well. And I think, for me, at least, and a lot of other producers, that's the it's the best way. But massive, I I do use it from time to time for just for nostalgia. If you can connect a lot of different while you're working on music, like I used to think about how Fruity Loops had that oscilloscope at the top. You know, if yes. you look at that enough, start to be like, oh, okay, that's too loud. Like the kick's too loud, or like just had like obviously you should use your ears kind of wish ableton had that not gonna lie well that'd be cool yeah no i know right that little bar at the top i actually i like that 
there's a max for live plugin that's an oscilloscope that I keep on my master, but it's not, you know, you have to like click on the master. I love max for live. Max for live is. Yeah. It's, it's an endless hole. <laughs> what are some of your favorite max for lives? Like, do you go online and like download shit that's out there? Or, like I, I have, and mm-hmm. um, I've kind of deleted some that I haven't used. So right now, my most used are uh, this one called Grain Scanner, which is a granular synth Word. that I uh, I use a lot for sound design. It's super, super visual. And um, the only reason I use that one um, and not Granulator is because Granulator makes my uh, Max for Live air. It gives me mm. airs and it, it like prevents me from like pressing play Hmm. and i've contacted ableton and no one has a fix so (laughs) i use this one and um convolution reverb i like that one a lot the color limiter i just got this one i saw it on reddit i forget what it's called but it's a timer so you could just keep it in your thing and like use that sometimes when i'm like overthinking be like got 10 minutes for this and after that 10 minutes move on when you work on music i mean you said you've been like cranking out stuff for two years now trying to do stuff every day do you have a regimented schedule like are you no i don't have a i don't have a schedule it's just like it's weird like i i just like after a certain point in the day i just like start scratching for ableton i'm just like i need to get my hands in the DAW and um sometimes it could be as simple as just like doesn't have to be me making music it could be me um making an edit or a, a little mix or sound designing just doing something in Ableton every day makes me feel like I'm doing something good all right dude well let's let's keep it moving um I would play another track, but I want to ask you a couple of questions. I got to pull these up. Go for it. I like, I went on your Twitter and gra- grabbed some, some stuff. Hell yes. But yeah, this decap thing that you reposted, he says, sometimes you got to turn off quantize to make that shit bounce. And then you said, I could just hear him saying it. It depends on what I'm making, but um, especially in that swung style. I mean, it's a must for me. Um, mm-hmm. I usually have my kick and snare quantized and everything else is just off grid. I'll either uh, use track delay or manually Mm -hmm. um, move it. Or a lot of the times I just like to play it in because that's just easiest for me. Yeah. Swing is like, it's important. A lot of the music I, I make, if I didn't add swing to it, I feel like it'd be really boring. It wouldn't be as interesting to me or the listener also i just listen to a lot of shit that has swing like dilla and fly low and all that just wild stuff all the new school um soundcloud dudes everyone yeah you said that you keep your your kick and your snare like pretty much is it sometimes i'll offset the snare a little bit Mm-hmm. When I'm doing boom bappy stuff, I'll, like forwards usually, or backwards. Um, sometimes I'll do it forwards a little bit, and sometimes I'll do it backwards. Like I could spend days going crazy with the uh, 
making like the perfect swing, but there is no right. perfect swing. No. That's the, the point. How often do you use groove pools? I use groove pools once in a while. I um I I really like them, but like sometimes I just like to play the swing, but I really like how you can how they have like grooves from like MPCs and stuff. Sometimes I I use them, but most of the time I'm just offsetting stuff. Yeah, it's it's really fun stuff. I uh I love adding a nice swing and getting that head bopping. Yeah. The one it's, thing I would say I use the groove pool for a lot is um or the grooves is for like when I do a shaker and I record it and let's say I'm like, yeah, okay, that was pretty good. Like just messing around with the grooves, you can get tons of like, especially the Latin percussion. And it's cool. Cause they like, they're like the grooves like are extracted. Like you can mm-hmm. like, you can extract your own groove. I know. Like if you drag something in there, which is like, that's a whole different, like Why? really going crazy. It's too much. It's like, I can't. Yeah. So like I could take my song and put it in there and I wonder if it would give me the same groove. And then you could use that for another song. You're like, okay, I wanted to have that same groove. Yeah. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. I kind of want to try it too. Um, Thanks for reminding me about groove pools. I, I've been meaning to, to dive deeper in them. All right, let's move to another Twitter question. So Dabao posted, he he tweeted, remember when Mr. Carmack tweeted something like, make classics, not hits? That still hit me, bro. I I love love that. I love that too. Mr. Carmack makes, his shits are classic. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're hits too, but like, Feel like hits are more temporary and classics are way more long term and mm-hmm. they just last forever and i feel like um carmax music does that really well and that inspires me to like i want to make songs that people in 20 years from now are still bumping or in 10 years even like um i don't want it to like sound like it's out of date or um Totally. Like not with the trend, like a lot of things are in this age. It's very like quick to change. Yeah. It's like he's saying timeless music is timeless music. Right. Exactly. And I don't know. It just makes me think of, I remember when Daft Punk released, um, random access memories and someone reviewed it. Uh, someone reviewed it as it's like a timeless piece of work. It's like an instant classic. And I remember being slightly let down by it. Cause I, I was just like, Oh, discovery and like some of their older stuff. I like, yeah, with better. that discography, I don't really know how you, how you up it. <laughs> but yeah. Right. Like I do think, um, I, I kind of think the same thing at the time I was like, um, a little underwhelmed, not completely mm-hmm. underwhelmed, yeah. but, it's grown on me a lot. And like right now, totally. I really love that album. Like a me lot more. Too. Than, and that, that's what makes it like the albums that are like that. And the music's the music that's like, that is like what I think Debo is saying, uh, in this tweet. It's so funny. Cause 
And maybe it's just because they're such a big name. But I really think that the album, it, it just like there's a classicness about it. It's not like I love my my favorite song on there is "Give Life Back to Music." That one. Oh yeah. Oh my! It's just. <laughs> oh my! It's so. It's so crisp. The whole production on everything. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just gonna go to this last tweet so we can move on to a new section, but. This is uh, Vide. I had him on the podcast a long time yes, ago. Yes, I remember that one. And uh, he that said, Vide. he was, someone posted, did you have an embarrassing Flossodamus phase when first getting into the scene or are you normal? Question mark. And then Vide's just like, y'all really out acting like the original Don remix wasn't the hardest and craziest shit ever when it dropped. Dude, I could not relate more to that. I remember there was one year at Lala that they Dude, kept playing I, that. I wasn't at Lala that year. And I remember like the night like the night that that shit was going on. I was like on YouTube trying to see the most recent upload to see if anyone like had any footage. And uh-huh. I re- I realized how much that song got played. Oh and yeah. That's how I how I found out about it and I probably the living shit out of it it's it's still a classic i love it it's so good it holds the original the the og track by uh, major laser is awesome as well but uh yeah that that philosophy like it blended all these all these different things i liked hip-hop and electronic and you know it had that bounce to it it made me want to it yeah get hyped up it's just it was just like classic trap when i didn't know what trap was i remember hearing that a bunch of times at lala and then finding out what trap was like months later and being like oh shit okay yeah that's yeah it's great yeah. time i feel like they just relied on waka too yeah. much they were just like yo we need a high dude on the track <laughs> and then we'll just on every track yeah same thing with like i don't know if you like yellow claw but like i, I, I like, like them yeah i feel like i don't know a yellow claw song that's like not featuring a like a hype dude or something <laughs> yeah 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 but they i remember one year i remember hearing them like every set i forget which track they were hot for a minute i remember i know they have a label now uh uh-huh barong barong Barone? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. And I know they have a lot of love, that label. Totally. I feel like a lot of those acts that were really big, like 2014, 2015, 2013, like dance yeah. music-wise, right now they're either like really going hard or they're just like completely... Yeah, it's like not. if you didn't like... You had to like keep your head above water. If you kept on doing the same thing, you're just not going to be around. Totally. And I think there was a lot of good people um, who have been doing their thing, and there's a lot who have just we've lost, and it's just the way the game goes. Yeah, you got to adapt. You can't just like keep making the same stuff. But some do. Some people do keep still making the same thing, and they still have a career, and that's that's, that's true cool yeah. too. Shout out to that. All right, man. Well, let's listen to another track. Let's listen to this. Can you speak about this one? Like what? I can. Okay. So, um, Great Dane has a record label that um, 
for a few years has done a Halloween heater compilation. It's called Halloween Heaters. It's just a bunch of up and coming artists and uh, some artists that have been around for a minute that uh, he fucks with. And um, Dane is someone I met through Icon. He's kind of the reason I went. Cause I heard that he taught there and I'm like, Oh shit. And, um, he ended up being my mentor the last quarter and we, uh, really worked well together and he, uh, fucks with the music and just a really cool guy. And he asked, uh, if I wanted to be on there and I was honored and try to make a, a spooky bop that was kind of <laughs> dark and, uh, hard and a little more edgy and, um, noisy than some of the usual stuff that I have other than that um, remix on Play Me that's really like aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's called Ghoulish. Word. Alright, let's hit it. I, I made just feeling feeling the October spooky season vibes uh, just cranked it out and had a lot of fun with this one it's just like a really weird like the, the first section has this really weird just sounds like clicky sounds and then the, the second section I got like these these womps uh-huh. and, yeah, uh huh yeah yeah it's just got some screams in there and just some weird atmosphere and eerie samples and just a cool piece is the like like was that choir okay gotcha choir that i have an auto pan on that's like the phase is all the way down so it's just kind of yeah just cutting in and out yeah i really like that the volume i've i fuck with that i use that all the time just for volume that's like the best secret for auto pan is just using it for volume i abused 
the living heck out of it for a lot of, i love auto pan i love panning things me too yeah do you normally produce in headphones or speakers i have speakers that i produce on in the day mm-hmm. and then um at night i usually put my headphones on because i live in a condo and i don't want to be an asshole yeah i feel but um, most of the time i'm producing on the monitors and gotcha. um I like to do like my final mixes on here because I just feel like I can do a little bit more precise uh, yeah. mixing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel that. It's two different things. Sometimes I like, I think it's my thing sounding great on the monitors. I put on the headphones and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. other way around. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. Trying to make it sound good on all things is something that I'm trying to get good at, like on the car. Mm-hmm. on the phone yeah. the phone is hard the phone's hard hardest. yeah i feel like yeah. the hardest part is always the bass like does yeah. it come through the phone also like just is like, it too you loud you don't want to saturate it too much but like uh-huh. if i want it to come through the phone it has to be saturated somewhat like decent amount yeah so like this with, with ghoulish i don't think i'll have a problem that shit's no that'll come through yeah it's saturated to bits do you have like a specific bass that you like to use or using samples? Um, I've, I use a lot of samples, but more recently I've really been going down the sound design hole and I'll just have sessions where I just make, make 808s and operator and just record like 50 different ones and then go through the ones I like and keep them and mm-hmm. then use those a lot. But, um, a lot of the times I'm just had like a crazy sample library accumulated over the last few years that it's very dear to my heart with uh, a lot of the sounds I have and ones I've made on there. Mm-hmm. Word. Okay. Yeah. But I, I love to synthesize drums too, but like um, sometimes I just like to use a sample, but lately synthesizing drums has been like really I haven't really done it much. I'm really getting into it. It's really fun, but it's hard. Yeah. And like, operator is great for it. I love using operator for it. Like 808s or like toms? Like kicks and snares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi-hats, like everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Noise on the hi-hats. Like, it's all yeah. about that ADSR, my guy. <laughs> it's all about the ADSR and like can make some gnarly 808s by just like making a kick and then an mm-hmm. operator there's the time button mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the time button is cool because it just stretches everything all the adsrs are just like with that one switch so like you could have a really tight kick i could turn that and then i can have like a long 808 do you and then automate that is that something that you would i i usually uh i go in there and i like bounce out like a kick Mm-hmm. And then an 808. And it's really cool because when you make the kick out of the 808, they fit like perfect yeah. in the mix. Yeah. Totally. It's nice. But I don't do it every time. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to go to this one track because it's like my favorite track that you made. This one. This, the shit, this is so I'm, groovy. I'm working on an EP. And I'm trying um, to make stuff like mixtape style 
kind of like this and some of my other different styles. But um, this track is like, I wish I expanded it. I really like it. I wish I made it longer. Sorry. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> what's good about it, though, at the same time, yeah. is that you want to replay it. A lot of my songs are really short, though. Um, I just feel like when I'm making a track, if what I needed to do with it is done, I don't need to drag it out, I feel like, personally. And sometimes I just like to, to end it, because I feel like when it gets drug out, sometimes it can lose the purity. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I agree. This shit is so Sample chopping was really, really fun. I, um, in the past, I've gone about chopping in audio, but for this one, I just put it in a, a sampler and used a slice mm -hmm. thing, and I just went in on my uh, MIDI, and really everything in this one is just played in to get that that feel. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, was the sample at the BPM that you were making the song, or was it? Did I think it was like, relatively close, close and enough. I think I warped it. Okay. I'm gotcha. really not a fan of warping, but sometimes when it has to be done, mm -hmm. I'll do it. Um, sometimes it could be a pain in the ass and sometimes it could be relatively easy like this one when it's mm -hmm. like five or 10 BPM Off. out. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but if it's more than that, sometimes it can be a little difficult. Yeah, this one also is side chain to bits. Got to got to do that on the these kind of beats always. I I just like this track. First of all, it's so groovy and then the kick patterns reminds me of um what's it called? What is that guy? Like Drummer Boy or like uh Lex Luger type, but then it's really jazzy too because of the hi-hat and like Yeah, I listen to a lot of a lot of jazz. I'm really inspired by a lot of that stuff, the the hats especially. And like sometimes what I do is I'll take a, you know, like a jazz brushes, like that mm -hmm. thing they do. I'll take yeah, that right. and like, mm -hmm. I'll, I have samples of it. I think I did it for this one, actually. I think I had a sample of that. And then I like I put it below it and I shut it off and I copied the rhythm with the hat. Mm. Like I tried to to get that that the jazzy. Ghost the ghost yeah. notes sometimes i do that i'll like i'll do that with breaks i'll like get like a, a classic break and then i'll like try to like make remake it with my own sounds 
but I want that like. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I like kind of like break them down, like study them a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. No. Yeah. That's a good idea. I've tried to do that with like the Amen break and just, yeah. Putting I samples love the in Amen me. break. I hope the dude's getting paid though. Poor dude. Oh or yeah. Dudes. <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> Um, also I wanted to ask about the bass in that song because it's like it, it's very Sam G to me. Like it's like doo-doo-doo. It's like it's just like a lot of runs. Yes. I love um I love bass like me- little like melodies and bass and little um things like that. With this one I was trying to do I was trying to do like my version of like a bass slap. Mm-hmm. I the bass sample is like a, a raw bass, like a electric bass and i just uh try to like make it sound like that kind of but like in a in electronic form obviously with a, a sampler mm-hmm. just kind of gliding it gotcha did you like yeah yeah it's just like i think st- little things like little ear candy stuff like that just makes makes a big difference for me personally especially on this one Oh yeah, dude. This one, you gotta make more of those. Like, <laughs> yeah, those I I really cool. wanna. I would love to get a rapper on something like that. I need to. Oh yeah. To work with some people. There's a lot of good people here in Chicago. You could do it in Chicago. You could like reach out to someone to you know. Yeah. On the internet always. Or, always. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move to. I think it's. Th- this one yeah let's let's listen to this one real quick well before i play it actually is there anything you want to say about this one um this was the first i finished this track at the end of last year and it was the first track i put out uh the new decade and felt like it was a good track to start off uh new decade with i felt like it was a a fresh step in the right direction for um just at the time i was just like it was just everything i was going through and feeling about uh the time just in this track Mm -hmm. or at least i tried to word okay is this the chicago lakefront it is it's actually uh in i think it was in evanston i was okay I've just chilling. I've spent chilling some on the time rocks. over there. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah, makes me feel like I'm, like I'm somewhere that's not Chicago because I'm by water. I know, right? Yeah, it's weird. You're <laughs> it's like, it's oh. like refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hit it. Did you make this over there? Like, did you have your laptop? I didn't. Oh, okay. This but, is just the uh, I have produced a track in the woods. It's called Yukting, and it's uh, a bit older. Oh, yeah. No, I know that track. Yeah, I'm, the I'm covers. I, I was producing the words. It's awesome.
did you play these chords or did you write them in? So how I do my chords usually is I'll usually jam on my uh, my MIDI keyboard and I'll usually play something I like the sound of and then on Ableton I'll just press the button that just puts it in even though I didn't record it. Shout out to that button, saved my life. Um, yeah. Um, so I do that and then sometimes I'll like play stuff that's not like perfectly how I want it. So sometimes I'll edit it, the MIDI. And I think with that progression, I played the general progression, but there was some things I didn't get right theory wise when I was playing that I, I fixed up to make the chord sound proper. Word. And I have like, I, I really like, I have a really good ear for theory, but like I really have a hard time. Like, I don't know what chords those are. Like I couldn't tell you. Mm. Might be like sevenths or like minor sevenths. I like those chords, but I really don't know. I know how to play them though. Yeah. <laughs> Word. I don't know how, how that works. You don't need to know, but like it, it's sometimes like I wish I knew like what the fuck I was playing. Like it would make, but like I have things that tell me, but in school, Mm-hmm. It was like kind of rough because they're like, how do you know? Like you, you play these fine. But then when we ask you, you're like, I'm like, I don't know. Cause I <laughs> think when I, when I learned guitar early, I learned a, li- a little bit of theory and I don't think I, um, I really took it in, kind of brushed it off. So I think I learned some mm-hmm. early that just stuck and then other parts of it that just didn't. How often do you pick up the guitar now? I try to pick up the guitar. Um, I I don't do it as much as I should. Probably touch it like once a week, but okay. I'm trying to play more. Trying to play more, definitely. Do you play electric? Incorporate... Yeah, I have a Fender Strat, Word. all black. I'm trying to uh, play more and incorporate um, guitar, my, my tracks. I have some demos with some guitar that I have a lot of fun with. And, uh, yeah, um, that's something that you guys should definitely be on the lookout for. Hell yeah. Um, all right, man, let's move to another one. I was going to play Yumberry. Oh yeah. This is, uh, one that I dropped, um, on a, uh, a, a collective out of I think San Fran Smile High Club they're a really cool group of people that I've been uh, supporting on SoundCloud and I know some people that have done some things with them and they reached out and asked me if I wanted to be on a compilation and uh, this is the track that I, I made for that it's called Yumberry I think I was drinking a yerba mate and I think it said Yumberry or something like that on there and I name the project that has nothing to do with the track whatsoever <laughs> yeah so i have a hard time naming things but i i love i love that it has nothing to do with it with yeah this one i um i was i think i this one i i was experimenting a lot with the uh, arturia emulations of uh, some analog synths so i was using some profits and um some modular emulations that they have they have some good stuff honestly yeah i 
with my uh, Arteria keyboard I got, it came with this uh, thing called Analog Lab, which Ooh. has all those in this one thing. Really? And it's really it's really cool. Like I don't have to have the individual um, emulations, but it's just kind of like a bank for them. And um, I really have been enjoying those sounds because I I love the analog sounds, like from the Prophets and the Mini Moves and the the Junos. And I I don't have the money for one of those. Obviously, I'm not getting one of those anytime soon. So this is. This is awesome. And it sounds really good. Yeah. And you can like beef them up too, you know? Yeah. You could process them however you want. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. Does it have the roads and like the Mellotron and stuff? Yeah, it does. They're really good. Dude, hell. I have the roads and Mellotron, but like I, you know, got them in different ways. Yeah, I yeah I, I have a few of those as well that I got previously, like the the mini V three, which is their mini move one, which I really really like. Uh, mm-hmm. I even use it. I think I used it for the bass on this one. Mm. Uh, Yumberry. Word. All right, let's hit this. This one, I, I had a lot of fun with uh, some of the sounds that that sound in the beginning that you were um, about to ask about. Mm-hmm. That one, that really fuzzy one. It's it's a really simple sound, but the uh, the filter on the mini moog and the resonance really can do some crazy things. And that's how I uh, got those weird like wiggles and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all filter and a really high resonance. It's like that <clears throat> that acid sound kind of. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the concept I was going for cuz like with an ass like an acid uh thing you just turn the resonance all the way up and it gets that really squeaky mm-hmm. classic sound. Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. Yeah, on the yeah, envelope of the filter. Yeah, and the filter opens up. Oh my god. So <laughs> It's I, I just would love to hear that live right now, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
right. Well, you know, I don't want to keep you forever. Um, but no, I we're do, good, man. I do want to like, you know, speaking of concerts, kind of start wrapping up. I got a couple wrap up questions. All right. So, Vince, what was your first concert? Was it the Dead Mouse one? Did we already talk about this? Okay, I that was I think I've been to a concert before that. I think Okay. I don't know if I would like that's like the big one, but like I've right. been like I've been to Ravinia when I was young. Tight My love Ravinia. Loves loves Ravinia and you know what? I really like I didn't like it as a kid, but I've like I, I really respect it and like there's a lot of crazy people that played there. And I'm like, oh, holy yeah. shit! I wish I knew them when I was a kid. Hated, like, hated it as a kid. I would just run around and be like, "Can we leave now?" Yeah, but- dude. It was such a vibe, though. You know, we got the the lawn. Mm-hmm. We got a nice. My family would be there. We would have like a nice little picnic kind of thing going on. <laughs> Everyone, I remember respectful. they had really good Arnold Palmers. Mm. Probably I- have good alcoholic ones too now, but. Dude, we we should go to Ravinia once this is like all said. I'm down, dude. I remember one of my friends told me he went uh, a few years ago, and there was the uh, the orchestra that did the soundtrack for the Lord of the Rings. They oh. like did it live, and I'm like, damn, I wish I knew about that. But <laughs> I, I want to go to Ravinia like ASAP. We gotta go. Yeah, gotta get a group of people of like awesome people and just have a fun time nice summer night yeah yeah um all right well second part of the question and i'm gonna say something besides that dead mouse show like what was the most impactful concert just it could be any yeah the most impactful concert was the skrillex one in 2014 where i met him oh yeah we gotta Um, talk about that so at the time there was um, Ausla had a it was kind of like a monthly membership where you would pay like five bucks and you can get um, merch for discounted prices um, they would have giveaways give out like exclusive tracks and for his uh, mothership tour they were doing a free meet and greet for the people that were on there so I went to St. Louis because that was the nearest place and uh Went to St. Louis and saw him, Dylan Francis, uh, What's So Not. It was like just the most like pivotal moment for like my live music experience. Damn. It was, yeah, meeting, meeting him was just like, I was just in like total, total shock. And then the show was just incredible. And he's just like, all those people are just so so nice and his whole team and like the management and everyone was just so cool and uh the show was just really really crazy uh mm-hmm. definitely inspired me a lot there was a lot of a lot of that early trap played that really really had me hype and uh just a lot of crazy stuff so how did you actually meet him like, how did you get backstage or oh, wherever you were? They had, like, this whole thing set up. Um, you had to, like, meet. There was, like, this, this manager that, like, 
she like uh, gave a location and at a certain time, all the people who were subscribed to the service mm. went to that location and she gave us like stickers for VIP or whatever. And she oh, just nice. took us to a room backstage for like 20 minutes and it was just all of them. It was just like a meet and greet and like, um, I know some meet and greets can be like kind of like awkward and like forced, but this one was like really like just felt like a bunch of people just chilling and uh it was it was really really cool uh that really inspired me to go harder than ever with music because just like um meeting idols and just seeing uh that live environment just at the time really really inspired me yeah did you get to talk to him about anything specific um i don't i i think we just took a few pictures i think we we talked, uh, I think I asked him about some of the, some of the stuff he just dropped at the time. Mm-hmm. And I told him that I, uh, I saw him at Lollapalooza or no, I was going to see him. So the show was in June. That was 2014. He was playing in August at Lollapalooza. And I told him that I was stoked to see him there. I saw him three times that year. Really? Yeah. Like his shows are just like, I've never seen anything like it. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Maybe it's just because I'm a really big Skrillex fan. Yeah. I was listening to Recess not that long ago. That album is so good. The track Doompy Poom on there really inspired me. Because it's like really experimental and yeah. just like wonky. And like you like, wouldn't at the know time, that I feel it's like Skrillex. It was slept on. Yeah, yeah. It was. I love that track. And Fire mm-hmm. Away. It's like a. Mm. future garage kind of it's so good that one's so that's funny because like when i went back to it those were the two tracks that i was like oh i completely forgot about these ones so good i really hope to see him uh, back with solo album soon i think he needed to take a break for a while because he he did like 300 shows in a year at one point like that's just extreme way too much I don't even know what it's like, but I just can already tell that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, really quickly, because I want to talk to you off podcast too, but is there anyone you want to shout out right now? Like anything you want to put out um, there? Any I want to shout music? out. Definitely want to shout out the Halloween Heaters three. Um, I'm just trying to um not put out any singles and put out a little EP. Mm-hmm. little mixtape kind of i'm really want to go for a vibe it's like a like a mixtape feel where you just play it through and it just kind of all blends in mm. so i think that's the kind of route i'm gonna go with it and i i think i want to do something a little conceptual with this one too because i feel like i don't have like a body of work i just have like all these singles and i feel like with the body you can be more conceptual with like the direction and Mm -hmm. um all that so i'm really stoked to to get that um out eventually um no time soon but definitely maybe early next year word cool man i'm looking forward to it i want to hear more stuff yeah but in the meantime i'll just be grinding and um just trying to get done with 2020 let's let's get this year out of here let's let's start over 
please. I, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> I remember I was telling people I had a New Year's party and I was like, yo, 2020 vision this year. It's going to be like <laughs> the go. year. Yeah, but no. That didn't yeah, happen. And it's weird. Like, I see, like, different parts of the world that are, like, things are, like, normal, like, semi-normal. And, like, I don't even know. Like, I've seen some places in Australia that are, like, seem normal. And then some places in Europe that I've seen, like, shows. But, like, fuck. Man, it's sketchy. And I've, I just saw this this club in Orlando that, like, is getting a lot of backlash. They I think they had Ghastly. And I saw a video. And it was just absolutely packed no masks no like yeah so like that whole like i really respect the artists right now that are like they're taking a hit like this is hard for them especially because but like they're doing the right thing like playing a show right now like that is just not the right thing yeah no something i mean just when you said that i was like ooh, that sounds i'll send you the i'll send you the tweet it was pretty I'm not ready for yeah. that. Yeah, not, like, it's pretty bad. I would, if I was in there, I'd be like, I gotta go. And maybe that's just because Chicago is like fairly good about that. Like, yeah, the man, whole I, I, I really hope that, um, you know, I think our city has really, we're really lucky to have the venues that we do because, like, we have some killer fucking venues. And I hope that they stay afloat during these times because it's going to be really sad if, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of other venues across uh, the states start to close yeah that are some legendary places due to this and i just don't want that to happen to some of the places here in chicago especially the metro that's like my favorite venue i don't the know metro. why also it's my, it's my dream to play the metro the basement too like of that what's it called smart bar i haven't been there I'm, i want to go now you should go since i'm of age turn 21 can't even do shit oh i never uh, even thought about that like the, you know what you know what i got to do that was that was worth you know kind of worth it i got to i got to go to a dispo a dispensary and get get my med card that's kind of worth it i don't know not that's, as worth it no it's pretty cool it's like not it. it's cool but with the taxes here on that stuff man it's oh it's not worth it though yeah, <laughs> yeah. i bought an eighth and it was like close to ninety dollars, and I was just like, that, "I can't do that." Yeah, uh, I just went to Michigan, and they accept Illinois med cards, and I got some crazy deals. So I'm just planning on taking a trip out there every now. Yeah, and just then. go out there. <laughs> avoid that. It's- yeah, uh, I mean, also it's cheaper with a med card. I don't have a med card. I just bought it as yeah, like a consumer. Yeah, it's still it's still expensive with a med card. Really, like. If you got it for ninety, I'd probably get it for like seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still like it's it's better, but like still, it's just yeah. um, I just feel like it could be the craziest, most whatever stuff ever. But I just that kind of price is just like it's unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, especially because weed is just so there's so much of it now. It doesn't yeah need to better be make that me way. like. Make me a better person. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, make me, like, I don't know. Get Better give me a superpower. Yeah, no, seriously. That's that's expensive. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Well, good shit. I'm just going to, we should sign off the podcast. 
<laughs> Signing off. Signing off. Goodbye, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>